We thank God for his great love. We thank him for his goodness. And thank you all for the effort of coming to this service. And we welcome the, those that watch us online, whatever you watch us from. Thank you for choosing to tune in here for Deliverance Church Langata. And we celebrate what God is doing. Uh, I am continuing with a series of sermons that have been going on. Uh, and uh, it's amazing the things that God continues to teach us. Uh, and this is now understanding our call to evangelism, sermon number five. Understanding our call to evangelism, sermon number five. But it is also uh, addressing how ordinary people did extraordinary things. And this is part three. Part three of that particular segment. And uh, we, we thank God. We thank God for, for, for this. And uh, I want us to open our Bibles to the book of Jonah. We're going to be looking at the book of Jonah now, chapter three. And uh, the book of Jonah is uh, a book that you can read through very easily. So I encourage those of you who can just go and read through the book of Jonah and pick up critical lessons uh, that we find in the book of Jonah. Uh, and especially because of how uh, this man uh, presents what it means to obey the Lord uh, when the Lord calls and you don't run from the call of God. Now, how, uh, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. Hallelujah. Uh, if your neighbor can hear you, tell them, God can still speak to you a second time. If you don't hear the first time. Saying, let's continue. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to them, uh, preach, preach to aid the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three days journey in extent. In other words, from one head to the other. <laughs> so, and Jonah began to enter the city on the first day walk. Then he cried out and said, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Let's continue. So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. Now, let me ask you this question. Why do we think that people will not believe? It doesn't matter, and I like the, the emphasis of evangelism, that we leave the results to God. Amen? Ours is to obey the Lord and take the gospel out. We don't have a capacity to save. Amen? But I want, you to, I want to show and demonstrate to you that when Jonah proclaimed this message to the people of Nineveh, he was so skeptical. He really never thought they were going to believe. 
So he was so, I mean, he, he preaches, notice. So the people of Nineveh did what? Believed God and they proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. Let's move on. Then the word of the Lord came to the king of Nineveh that, uh, that he arose from his throne and laid aside his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. Wow. This is now the king. This is now the king. How did this come about? The proclamation of the message that the Lord gave. Uh, then word came to the king of Nineveh. Of course, we have said this. Let's move on to the next. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat. Or drink water. This is what you can call a forced fast. They were not given an option. And this was a decree from who? The king. What is telling is the fact that this was not supposed to be only done for the human who can understand that they are going through a fast, but even animals. Can you think about what it would mean for the animals? They can't... You can imagine the kind of noise that was going as the uh, as cows were just making noise because they have not eaten. There was no explanation. It's an order. Listen to this. There's a man. But let... Man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil ways and from the violence that it is, uh, uh, the violence that is in his hand. Who can tell? I like this. Who can tell if God would turn and relent? And turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. Then God saw their works, that they turned from their evil ways. And God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. Let's continue a little bit. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. Wow. But they did what? Have you, you know, this is like preaching to somebody you have been praying and praying, you know, and they get saved, and you feel so terrible that they have gotten saved. Like you are saying, this guy deserved God's punishment. That's a very scary. Let's move a little bit further. 
so he prayed to the Lord and said, Ah, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore, I fled previously to Tarshish, for I know, does he know, that you are gracious and merciful. Are you moving? You are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one that relents from doing harm. Hallelujah. This is our God. This is the God that we serve. A God who is gracious and merciful. A God who is slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness. This is that God. Hallelujah. One who relents from doing harm. This is a great God to serve. You know, the, the people who do not understand who God is, there are people who present a God who is like watching to, over you to make a little mistake and he knocks you at the head. But this is not the God we are talking about here. Hallelujah. This is a different kind of God. A God who is gracious and merciful. And, and what does it mean? If you have God in you, it means you should be gracious and merciful. Because you carry God. Who are we? We are ambassadors of Christ. And our mission is to get people to be reconciled back to God. Um, our, our, our mission is not to condemn people to everlasting pain in a hell that burns with fire and brimstone. That is not our mission. Our mission is to present God for who he is. And we express it through our own personality. Amen. That he is gracious and merciful. Slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness. Oh, love of God. Hallelujah. How great and pure. How measureless and true. It shall forevermore endure. The saints and angels sing. He relents in doing harm. Continue. Therefore now, O oh Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Then the Lord said, is it right for you to be angry? Yeah? Is it right for you to be angry? You know, <laughs> let's continue a little bit. 
So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city. There he made himself a shelter and sat under, under in the shade till, the night, uh, till the, he might see what would become of the city. Okay. Continue. So the Lord God prepared a plant and made it to come up over Jonah that it might be a shade for his head to deliver him from his misery. So Jonah was very grateful for the plant. Yeah, very grateful. But as the morning droned the next day, God prepared a warm. Who prepared a warm? God prepared a warm. And it so damaged the plant that it withered. And it happened when the sun arose that God prepared a vehement east wind. Who prepared the wind? God did. Yes. And the sun beat on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. Then he wished death for himself and said, it is better for me to die than to live. And God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? And he said, it is right for me to be angry even unto death. Wow. This guy was really angry. <laughs> what was the cause of his anger? Come on, let's just analyze. Why is Jonah angry? Because the plant has died, but continue. But the Lord said, you have had pity on the plant for which you have not labored, nor made it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. Continue. And should I not pity Nineveh? That great city in which are more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern between their right and their left. And much livestock? Continue. Is that something, Father? Then the word, come on, continue. Yeah? Then the word of the Lord came to its, to its what? That's a different thing. Okay, that's a question. Listen, I want us to, to think through what was going on here. Jonah is upset because, first he is upset. What was the first reason of his being disappointed? Because God had promised that he was going to destroy Nineveh. But remember, God's intention of destroying Nineveh was conditional. What was the condition? If they do not repent. But now they did what? Repent. Let me ask you this. 
if you were working so hard to preach to somebody to get saved, would you really get disappointed because they have believed? And this is what we, have, we see happening here. You know, it's a very mean thing, it's a very selfish thing for us to wish people evil. It's very, it's very terrible. Sometimes after the fish vomited Jonah into dry land and the word of the Lord came to him yet again, Jonah, uh, of course, he was told to go. Now God shows his concern for the city in sending the prophet twice. This time Jonah doesn't run away. He arises and does the Lord as the Lord directs. He, he goes to the great city, the capital city of the empire with whom he and his people are bitter enemies. How are the people of Nineveh going to respond when he calls out against it? As he enters the city, I'm sure Jonah wonders what the outcome will be. The Assyrians are ruthless people. There are, there are, there, you know, there's no telling just how they may respond. After going a day's journey, Jonah calls out to the people of Nineveh. According to verse number four, it tells them, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Many scholars believe that Jonah did this in the previous districts of Nineveh to make sure that all the people know of the coming wrath of God. That was the intention. It's like he never expected them to do repent, but he wanted them to know the wrath of God is coming. The wrath of God. The wrath of God. That's what. Now, when the people of Nineveh hear Jonah's message, the most unexpected thing occurs. They believe it. And all the citizens of the city, from the least to the greatest, Believe the message, and they call for what? A fast. <laughs> yeah. They even put sackcloth. Now, these public signs of repentance and mourning show that the call to repentance has cut Nineveh into the heart. They believe God, and they desire his mercy. It's one thing for the citizens of Nineveh to receive God's message, but how is the king going to receive it? Now, when the king gets to know what is going on, what do we see? The king humbles himself with his people. He removes his royal robe, puts on sackcloth, and sits in ashes. Not only that, but the king makes a decree. And we have read the decree. The repentance of the people of Nineveh shows the power of God's word. There is power in the word of God. Power is not in our words. It is in the word of God. God watches over his word to perform it. God is not watching over your stories. But over his word. That's what he watches for. And you and I, our responsibility is to declare the word of God. To declare the word of the Lord. There is no one who is so hard that the word of God cannot break. 
Don't we learn about the power of the word of God? This is what we learn about the power of the word of God. In the book of Hebrews. We can go to the book of Hebrews. Chapter number 4. And verse number 12. It says. For the word of God is living and powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. And of the joints and marrow. And is the designer of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. I submit to you today. All members of Deliverance Church Rangata and those that are here online. The word of God is living and powerful. The word of God is not dormant. The word of God is living and powerful. Which is able to penetrate the very depth of our subconscious being. And to go into the center of our inner person. The word of God has the power to go beyond our to go beyond our conscious mind to the very call of our spiritual being to cleanse, to convict, and transform us. Sometimes we think everything is okay, but God's word has the power to uncover secret attitudes. And desires that are not pleasing to God. The word of God can tear down strongholds of fear, failure, lust, and negativity. And then build powerful and new habits, patterns that produce life, love, and victory. I want to make that statement one more time. It's a statement that is worth writing. Now go slowly to help you write this. That the word of God has the capacity to tear down. Amen? To tear down strongholds of fear. Failure. Lust. And negativity. Are those terrible strongholds? Each of these is a stronghold. Fear, failure, lust, and negativity. Yeah. Those are serious strongholds. I say they are serious strongholds. And people are being displaced by these serious strongholds. A lot of people are losing out with God. 
1 John chapter number 2 verse number 1 John 2 if you read from verse number 15 the Bible says do not love the world or the things in the world if the love of the world uh, if, if anyone loves the world the love of the father is not in him continue for all that is in the world what is in the world the last of the fresh the last of the eye and the pride of life what is in the world it's there the last of the fresh yeah you know you're gonna have to have victory over, over your flesh or you miss out on the graces of the kingdom of God and miss out for an inheritance that is eternal in the heavens. Paul said, I bring my body under subjection. Amen? This was Paul. That I bring my body under subjection. Yeah. And you know, what is very, very unique about what I'm talking about here is that what that means, there is nobody who can bring your body under subjection for you. No. It's not possible. Hakuna. The last of the fresh. And sometimes I know it's so easy to, to wish that God would deliver you from any evil desires. So that you walk like an angel around here. But God would like to demonstrate that you love him because you have chosen to love him. And you love him so much that you can subject the desires of the flesh. You can subdue them in his power. So, the last of the eye and the pride of life. Oh, it's a big one. Oh, the pride of life. You know, we have people who live in this world who you cannot even give in a collection. Because the, 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 it's not your business. not your business no I am independent who told you you are independent independent from who and from what do you think there is an independent person I am not independent okay I am still Ada I am a man under authority hallelujah there's one who can tell me to raise my leg, and what would I do? I'll raise it. Amen? Pride. 
It is pride that causes people to do some foolish things. Oh, don't we have people who are proud? Oh, Lord, have mercy. People who abuse power. What do they do? Abuse power. And we have them all around. Yes. Have you seen people how they can abuse power when they are in authority? As if that authority is what? It's not delegated, it's not given. Do you know there's nobody who is above God? God is sovereign over all. And that's why God, in dealing with pride, because we said this before, when God is dealing with pride, he chooses not to send anybody. He comes himself to do what? And the Bible says God resists the proud. Please don't, don't, don't push God to where he's going to resist you. Because you'd rather be resisted by anybody else, but not God. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to challenge, especially those of you who are public servants. Just because you sit in that office and you can sign and fire and hire, that thing is temporary. It's very temporary. You know, that's why some people, when they retire, they die. Because they were so arrogant. They depended. Their life depended on that seat of authority. I want to warn you in the name of the Lord. Calm down. You are just like one of us. You eat to Gary, just like all of us. You get headaches like all of us. Stop your pride. It is going to destroy you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. For all that is in the world, the last of the fresh, last of the eye, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. Listen. Move on. And the world is passing away. And the last of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Those that do the will of God shall abide forever. And I want to tell you that is where our mind should be wanting to please God. Isaiah 55 and verse number 10 to 11. For the rains and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to this eater. So shall the word of that, 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 so shall the word be that goes out from my mouth. The Bible says it shall not return to me empty. But it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the things for which I sent it. The Hebrews says the word of God is living and active. God's word brings about creation. It bestows life. It puts away sins and raises the dead. It endures forever. Jonah 
He was the, the escapist who God brought back to save Nineveh. Jonah is mentioned in Hebrews 11 as a healer of faith. Hallelujah. Faith extends beyond what we learn from our senses. Physical eyesight produces a conviction or evidence of visible things. Faith is the organ which enables people to see the invisible order. And that's what we need to see the invisible order. Hallelujah. What are the four lessons we learn? I want to mention this quickly. I wish I could be able to bring this Jonah account to a close. And my time is running out. Faith doesn't let the doubt take your dream. That's lesson one. Faith does not let doubt take your dream. You can read 2 Peter 2.5. Noah was given an incredible dream of, at, uh, you know, and, uh, and, and he still viewed it. Amen? Noah didn't doubt his ability to do what God commanded because of his age. How old was Jonah this time? 500 years. How old are you? Don't even say it. <laughs> Jonah was 500 years. He's getting this instruction. Noah, I'm talking about, hey, that, that was Noah. Noah, not Jonah. Noah was how many years old? 500 years. Noah didn't doubt the ability of God, what God had promised to do. Another lesson from Noah, I'm moving quickly, if I can cover these two. Jonah and Noah and finish, that would be great. The rewards are usually greater than you can imagine. Noah's obedience and the fact that his story is well known by many generations. And the final lesson four, faith proves to the, to the mind the reality of things that cannot be seen by the naked eye. I like this. Faith proves to the mind the reality of things that cannot be seen by the naked eye. I. This view of faith is explained by many examples of past and persons in former times who praise God by their genuine belief in his word and acting on his word fearlessly. And this is what moved the people of Nineveh. The fact that they believed made a difference. Amen? When we preach to people and they believe, God will make the difference. I say God will make the difference. Now, let me ask you this. How come you yourself got saved and you have walking in faith all these years, but you fail to tell others because you think they cannot be saved? <laughs> yeah? Where do you think we fail to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom of God? Is it really right that we can refuse and, or, or take people and say, I want to watch it too. No. May the Lord help us. We, have, we live in a city. We live in a country which needs the gospel of the kingdom of God. And all of us are in a place where naturally you can share your faith. I said the other day, 
you may not be an evangelist for the office of an evangelist, but we are all called to be fishers of men. And this week, you're going to meet people who I will not meet. I'll meet people who you'll not meet. Can you imagine what we can do if each one of us took responsibility? I said when I was beginning to preach this series, if only you can even commit to share your faith with how many people? One a week. That means this week, as number as the number that is here, there'll be somebody who will be told about Christ. And we tell it and leave the results to God. Sisi hatuwezi kuokoa yoyote. Hata uwezi kuokoa mtoto wako. How many times wish it just require some injection and nabadilisha? Of course, you can go for that vaccine from anywhere to save people. But that doesn't happen. The word of God is, is what we need to proclaim. But we learn that the word of God is what? Is powerful. Stand up on our feet. Oh God, help us. Oh, Rabaka It's been an attitude of worship to God, asking God, God, help us to know that you're looking to upon me to proclaim your word. Because your word is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of the soul and spirit, and of joint and marrow, and is the designer of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Oh God, help me to know what it is to humble myself before you in total obedience and submission to you. Oh God, help me to have the faith that caused Jonah to in, at last continue, continue to proclaim, even if he doubted whether they were going to be born again. The faith that moved upon Noah to build an ark. Oh God, and be able to ask you to come in to be saved from the flood. Lord, I pray that we shall go out there to rescue the perishing and to care for the dying. For Jesus is merciful. Rescue the perishing, care for the dying. Jesus is merciful, Jesus will save. Rescue the perishing, care for the dying. Jesus is merciful, Jesus will save. That's a whole song, but since they're not bringing it up, I, 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 I don't know whether uh, they are struggling. Of course, those things happen. But since we are running out of time, I want you to say, whose work is it to rescue the perishing? Can you imagine what, how you can live with uh, uh, what kind of thing you can live with if you saw somebody drowning and you let them drown when you had the skill of getting to the water and getting them out how would you live with that that's what we do 
when we fail to proclaim Christ to the people. Rescue the perishing. And our responsibility is to share the gospel. We leave the results to God. Rescue the perishing. Care for the dying. Jesus is merciful. Jesus is saved. Put that stanza one more time. Rescue the perishing. Care for the dying. Snatch them in pity from sin and the grave. But the ailing one lift up the fallen, tell them of Jesus, the mighty to save, rescue the fellowship, care for the dying. Jesus is merciful. I said, Jesus will save. Amen. Even today, Jesus will save. Every hand is bound. Are you in the sanctuary today? You came to visit with us. Or maybe you have been here, but you are not born again. Jesus desires to save you today. So if you're not born again, just lift up your hand where you are. An act of obedience will bring a change in your life forever. A change that is positive a change that you're going to enjoy. Do we have any unsaved person in the sanctuary? The Bible says you cannot be ashamed of him. Do you want to be born again? That's where we began. Salvation comes when we say yes to Jesus. If you're watching this on television, doesn't matter where you are, it could be in your home or in a hotel room, if you know you're not born again, if you know that sin is destroying you, maybe sin of alcohol, sin of immorality or debauchery, of public stealing of public resources, you're entrusted, or maybe the sin of pride, of thinking that you can do whatever you want to do and get away with it. You can still, yes, repent. You can stand to Jesus today. Won't you say this prayer? Say, Dear Lord Jesus, this day I submit myself to you. I humble myself to you. Come and save my soul. Give me a hope that no one can take away. Thank you for saving me. I honor you and bless you in Jesus' name. If you made this prayer, there's a line that is going through the screen right now. I want you to just text a message to us. Give us any information you, you can trust us with. And I promise we are going to communicate with you. We're going to contact you, no matter how far. If you're in this sanctuary and you're not feeling well, you're battling an attack on your health, lift up your hand. I want to pray for you before we close the service. Yeah, you're battling condition of health. I can see how it's going up. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, there are hands that have gone up through this sanctuary. You are the Lord that heeded us. You're concerned about our health. I pray, dear Father, I pronounce, oh God, divine intervention that will bring change in the bodies of our brothers and our sisters that they will receive health. We rebuke the devourer in Jesus' name. We pronounce their welfare. We pronounce their health in the name of Jesus. That they may glorify your name with healthy bodies. We bless you and honor you because they are going to testify of their healing. And those who are home because they are unwell, those who communicate that seek in prayer, we send a word of healing to them now in the name of Jesus. Oh God, can you reach them where they are? Deliver them from whatever condition they are dealing with. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be thus now and forevermore. Amen. Let us celebrate the goodness of the Lord. Amen. Amen.